0: we doing? Man, it's such a joy to be here in the building, no mask. Fantastic. Glad to be with you. Glad to be with you. So we're continuing our series this morning on uh, Go. Go and make disciples. Is this, is this series having any effect on you? I, I don't know about you, but it's, it's impacting me. I, um, I have uh, been stirred. To open my mouth, open my mouth, share the good news of the gospel. All this week, I'm out on an asphalt crew. As if 95 degrees isn't hot enough, the asphalt comes out of the truck It's 400 degrees. You're, it's like a fire right there. You, you feel like you're being baked right there on the, and it's it's repulsive in every way. It sticks and it's nasty and it stinks and it gets, you know. But I, I start looking around and how about these six guys here, who do this day after day after day, and I'm wondering. It's the love of God in the soul of any of these men. You know, they're a rough-looking bunch, you know. Um, but, but see, that's, that's, that's God working on you, to create an awareness of the lostness of others and to be able to reach out. That's what this series is all about, to stir us up to love and good works, to stir us up to open our mouths and share the gospel. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to do this morning. So uh, to be a catalyst to develop a love for Jesus, to deepen and strengthen. I wonder with my grandchildren, you know, uh, how can I impart something to them that is lasting, something that's deeper than just, you know, hey, son, stay out of drugs and get a good job and marry a cute girl. You know, how, how do I do something deeper, something of character, something that points to a Heavenly Father who loves them and cares for them? That's the challenge that each of us have. So picking up here in the Word of God, we see Jesus gives us a commission He says he spoke to them and says all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What a promise. What a task that Jesus invites us into his mission. He invites us and not only does he invite us, he, he commands us, right? How does this happen? How, how, how is a disciple made? I mean, I can go to a factory and see how a car is made, but, but, but how is discipleship, how is this transfer of faith? How does that happen? Have you thought about that at all? We think about the, uh, the life of our Lord Jesus. See it was it was one person reaching out to another person, right? It's it's the pattern of Jesus, not only the teaching and the example of Jesus, but it's the pattern that we should notice too. See, we wouldn't approach it this way, would we? We we'd build a great big building or we'd get a big tent and we'd we'd gather the multitude, you know, we'd do a Billy Graham thing. Which no nothing nothing no offense against Billy Graham. But but in in practice It comes down to this one-to-one discipleship, this one-to-one transfer of faith and life that gets lived out, right? He asks us to do the same. His method is to call a few select people to invest his very life in them, purposeful investment, teaching, training, giving, pouring himself into the lives of a few people. I wonder what our churches would look like if we oriented ourselves around this simple command of making disciples. Not, not buildings and programs so much, it's just making disciples. That's what we're called to, saints. And that's what we need to dedicate ourselves to, rededicate ourselves to in some ways. I, I, in, my own, in my own life, just, I look back on the tremendous uh, investment that I've received, I, a deep debt of gratitude. I stand on the shoulders of many men who have invested Herschel Martindale, Paul Watson, uh, Steve Draper, uh, Chris Faith. I think of ones who got with me when I was very young in my faith and said, you know what, son, <laughs> the first time I threw, in, in my family of origin, throwing a glass of iced tea was a pretty common occurrence. When you, that's, that's not, you're not supposed to do that in marriage. So first time I tried to pull that stunt in our home, he pulled me aside and said, no, no, no. You need to memorize this verse. Ecclesiastes 7, 8, I think it is. It says, uh, do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of a fool. He said, let that, let that word of God take root in there. And it did. I don't think I've thrown a glass of tea ever since. <laughs> okay? But see, these, these patterns, sometimes we have to relearn life. Right? I remember going over to a Sunday, uh, the Heinenstein's. They had us for lunch after Sunday after church. And here's a dad and, and the daughter, and there's just, just wonderful family. We had never seen a family like that before. And we started to say, you know what, we need to rethink family, we need to rethink. Can you teach us? Can we come over and babysit your kids and you teach us how to, how to do family? How to, how to raise a family, how to love people? Precious, precious. It was discipleship, this transfer one-to-one. How do you do life with Jesus all mixed in it, right? How do you do a life that's, that's lived out that reflects the love of God? That's the challenge. So this morning for you, I have two parables we're going to look at. One tool, the bridge diagram, I want to share that with you. And then a challenge as we consider how to follow Christ together. So let's jump in the word here. Um, we're in Mark 4 this morning, looking at the parable of the sower, just for a minute. I'm going to read, just, just read this through for you. Jesus said to them, start picking up in verse 13. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown, when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes the word which has been sown in them, steals it away. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word of God, they immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no firm root in themselves, only temporary. And then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And there's ones in whom the seed is sown among the thorns, and these are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, they enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And in the forest soil, and those on whom the seed is sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Might that be us saints? Might be, we be ones who, who sow the word? Might we be ones with fertile hearts, where the word of God can take root, and we can obey it, we can listen to it, and we can share it with others? So skip down a little bit. Go to verse 26 says, the kingdom, second parable, parable of the growing grain. <clears throat> he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed on the soil. He goes to bed at night, gets up by day. The seed sprouts up and grows that he himself does not know. The soil produces the crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. And when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle. Because the harvest has come thinking about the, the natural process. So Jesus speaks into the agricultural context of the day, and he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. So if you think about this a little bit, and, and, and all this content this morning, I'm, I'm pretty much borrowing from uh, No Place Left and other groups. But, but the four verbs there, in the next slide, go, gospel, grow, and gather. You think about that process of growing grain The first verb, to go. Notice it doesn't say come. It says go. The initiative is on the sower. The initiative is on the farmer. He has to go out and find the fertile field. He has to have seed. He has to have something to share, right? All these things, they're on the sower. That he goes. He enters the lives of others. He wins their trust. He wins their hearing. He listens well. He loves well. He equips himself with the seed. He goes into the field, finds a fertile field, a place where the gospel can take root. Have many of you had a garden this year? We, we, I, I very briefly tinkered with it this year, not much at all. You know, you go to Home Depot and there's plants for four dollars. I'm like, well, is that going to plant going to make four dollars worth of tomatoes? I, I, I don't know. You know, so I'm, I'm a cheapskate, you know, so, so I get a couple of plants, but I get a couple packs of seed because that's cheap, right? All the seed I planted this year, I, I don't know what happened. It didn't come up. I don't know. Tomatoes, peppers, whatever. didn't come up. I, I gave it a fair shot. I put it in in May, you know. Maybe I planted them too deep, maybe too much water, too much, I don't know. But Seed didn't make it. But I didn't do the beans because the beans were all weedy, and I said, I'll get to those later. So I put the beans... I had a couple of bean seeds, put them in a jar, capped it off. I said, I'll do those later. I'll plant those seeds later, All right? I come back, they're spoiled. The seed had spoiled in the jar. And, and, and the point that came to my mind as I was preparing here is the seed is the worst that never gets planted. Do you see the connection? If I don't open my mouth... If I don't sow the seed, the seed never has a chance to take root, does it? I kept it in a jar. I didn't sow it. At least the tomato plant, it had a chance, right? But the beans that I kept in the jar, if I don't, if I don't sow the seed, Allison's got a saying about that. I can't remember what it is. Something about sowing. But we've got to get our mouths open. We've got to open our mouths and share the gospel. Sow the seed. So that's the first verb, is to go. The second, to gospel. To share the good news that Jesus Christ loves them. This is the heart of God. I want to open my mouth. I want others to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. So, uh, Lisa and I, we must be in the backside of life because we, we bought an RV. I confess, we bought an RV. It's a big... Uh, Forty-foot diesel thing. We're looking forward to using it. It was for our 40th anniversary, so uh, I guess a foot for every year, huh? But but uh, anyway, we're we're sorting this thing out. Well, you know, I told you I'm a cheapskate, so of course we bought it used, and of course we didn't check it out very well before we got on the road. And of course we break down in Colorado, so we're on the side of the road for a day and a half, <coughs> waiting for tires. Highway, yeah, I-70, yeah. three feet off the little white line, yeah. Where we we, <laughs> uh, what was I thinking, Julian? you got to counsel me, brother. you got to pastor me, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we got the adventure. Anyway, desperate for help, I'm Googling Danny at uh, Sunday morning, 7 o'clock, and uh, so Danny comes to rescue us, brought us tires. Excellent mechanic, but uh, Danny shows up and, and, and life's been a little rough on Danny. He's, he's, he's worn, he's, he's a young man, maybe 30 years old. He's got a few teeth left, uh, he's, he's, he's struggling. You can see that by his mannerisms, you can see it by his vehicle, you can see it by his business. And, and again, this, this yearning, this desire, hey, open your mouth, Michael, I don't want to. Michael, open your mouth. In in a Jojo voice, almost. Uh, Open your mouth, Michael. Okay. Hey, Danny, do you know the love of God? Big smile. Turns out Danny just got out of prison three years ago. He says, I met Jesus in prison. He says, I know Jesus. I said, fantastic. We prayed together together. Uh, he tells me about his wife he tells me about his daughter he's putting his life back together it's been a mess but there was a chance to encourage and I obey God I listened I opened my mouth I wish I could tell you that's a common occurrence but I want it to be and, and maybe that's the message this morning is that God give us the desire to open our mouths maybe that's what we need to hear I don't know but for me it's happening it's working. It, I'm listening, and God is providing opportunities to share the love of God. And Danny was one of them. So, go, gospel. The third verb is grow. Now, here it gets to be fun, saints. Have you ever had the opportunity to disciple someone? Have you ever had the chance to, to get a front row seat and watch God go to work on somebody? It is fantastic. You, you see the profanity and the curse words start to drop away. You see, you see addictions being broken. You see patterns of behavior that have been for generations. All of a sudden, God steps in and says, I want to improve your life. I want to help your life. I want to show you my love. Right? These destructive things that hold people back in captivity. Seeing an excitement and a love for Jesus well up inside of them and then overflow to their family and their friends grow stage fantastic so go gospel grow and then fourthly to gather you know to to come inside in groups Colossians 2 6 and 7 describes the process pretty well Says therefore as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him having been firmly rooted now being built up and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude rooted Grounded, growing, deepening, genuine, organic, being built up. That's what God desires for his people. As we gather into communities, as we gather into, into life groups who do life and share Jesus together, the basic disciplines of prayer and fellowship and getting in the word and sharing Jesus, these are encouraged and built up. This is the definition of church. This is what church is all about. A group of disciples who come together, gather together, and, and help each other grow. Uh, the Lord says, uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Then S- pray, therefore, that the Lord would send laborers into his harvest. Might we answer the prayer? Might we be ones who are praying and who answer and go to work in his harvest? That's what he desires. So, if we look at this, I want to spend just a minute on, on gospel. You know, this, this gospel... So as part of the process there, go, gospel, grow, and gather. So gospel, what tools do you have in your gospel toolbox? If we opened up your gospel toolbox, what are the the tools in there that you have? Well, first you have a personal testimony, right? Almost always appropriate to share that. Almost always unoffensive because it's your experience of faith. It's your journey of faith that you're sharing with someone else, right? It almost never offends anyone because it's your history. So share it liberally. Okay? So so your personal testimony there. Other ones that are being encouraged these days, and I know Tom Evans is going to get with some of the life groups and encourage the three circles idea. I'm not that well-versed in that tool, I have to admit. But I'd like to grow. I'd like to learn more about it. But the idea here is that that uh, first circle that... God's design was that people be whole and that communities be whole. The idea of Shalom, that peace, right but, but yet, when sin comes in, it breaks relationships. It mars us, it changes us. It, it distorts us. Right? So there's brokenness in our world. You drive through inner-city Baltimore, and it's like, "What happened here? Did a, did a bomb go up? And you just what happened? The brokenness of humanity? And you begin to say, my goodness, we live in a needy world, right? And then the gospel comes in and says, how does the gospel begin to help people put their lives back together and bring healing, bring hope, bring salvation out of that? So those are the, that's kind of the three circles idea. I'm not that skilled in it, but there's some in the church that are, and they're beginning to help us with that tool. The tool I want to share with you this morning is this bridge to life idea. Now, this is a little bit more dated um, perhaps, but uh, and you can share it in a lot of different ways. Uh, in, in, if uh, if you just want a quick a quick bridge, kind of a thing is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, so you have this this separation you see betwe- between man and God. This idea that man is separate from God, but God took the initiative. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, who bridges that chasm that the life of Christ bridges that chasm. He allows us to be restored to God. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So, it's just a real quick bridge. Another one would be John uh, Romans uh, 3. Uh, no, 623, isn't it? Yeah, 623. Romans 623. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is is eternal life. So there you see it kind of drawn out, okay? And this is, this is uh, you know, on a McDonald's napkin. When you share, my goal is that you be equipped today to have a, another tool in your toolbox. See, to me, it seems awfully, if I go to my testimony, someone can discount that. Because, they, hey, that was you, that's not me, right? That was your experience, not my experience. But when I go to this book, when I go to the authority of the Word of God, and I allow it to speak, then now I'm not talking about feelings. I'm talking about the authority of the Word of God. right? So when this speaks with authority, it, it, it forces a decision. right? It brings a person to a point of decision. And that can be our goal sometimes, to bring a person to an informed decision It said, this is what God says. What do you say? How are you going to respond to the invitation of God for forgiveness, for grace, for restoration, for peace? You're going to turn away from that? You're going to step, you're not going to receive that? Wow. You know, I'd encourage you. Equip yourself with a basic tool to be able to share the gospel. Because when I say, oh, I invited Jesus into my heart, that's fine for this age. But that doesn't work so well with an adult, right? He's a little more intellectual than a feeling-based decision, right? We want to present this authority to people and make decisions. I've got a little clip for you. I want to show that to you of just one example. It's about five minutes or so. So bear with me and, and take a look at the clip.
1: There's an easy way to explain the gospel using just one Bible verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The verse says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You can draw a picture. This is called a bridge analogy. You can draw on a napkin or a piece of paper. And you want to say something like this. Imagine that you're standing on one side of a cliff. You could tell that person, there's a separation from you who's on one side of the cliff and on the other side of the cliff where God is. There's a great separation. You might even reference Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2, which says that our iniquities and our sins have separated us from God. You could ask the person, if I'm to get to one side to the other, how did I get there? Let the person answer you and they'll tell you, you need a bridge. Then you're going to have this verse written out, Romans chapter six, verses 23. Start by circling the word wages and ask the person, what is a wage? Listen to them. They might tell you that a wage is something that you earn in exchange for the work that you've done. You might want to clarify this point and say, hey, how would you like it if you worked really hard at your job and then you didn't get paid for it? We would all be ticked off, right? So emphasize what a wage is for the wages of sin. Now ask the person, How do you define what sin is? You might need to help them, but listen to them and see what they say first. But you could say that the sin is anything that we say, think, or do that is not pleasing to God. It is rebellion against God and it can involve the selfish, unseen inclinations of our heart that goes against God and His ways. Emphasize what sin is and then circle the word death. For the wages of sin is death. And ask that person, their thoughts about death. Ask them if they've ever lost someone that they truly loved. And you could also emphasize that this is not just physical death, but it's spiritual death. There's a verse, Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27, that says, for it is appointed for man to die once. And after this comes the judgment. We're all going to die and we're gonna face a judgment before a holy and just God because of our sins. Ask the person, do you think you will be guilty or innocent emphasize the seriousness of sin At this moment you want to circle the word but you can tell the person you've heard the bad news but i want to share with you the good news but the gift circle the word gift explain to the person that this is a gift it's not something that can be earned contrast this with a wage you might want to emphasize it by telling a story and saying suppose that you were to save thousands of dollars to propose to your fiance. And after she said yes to you, she got out her purse and she started giving you a stack of hundred dollar bills. Well, how would you respond to that? Well, you might be offended and think, "What? Did, I just gave you this gift. Why are you paying me all this money? See, a gift is something that we don't earn, where a wage is something that we do earn. Emphasize the distinction. Also emphasize that this is of God. God is holy, God is perfect. He is the one who loved us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Emphasize eternal life. Talk about how this is contrary to death. You could talk about how eternal life goes on forever and ever, and there's gonna be a heaven, and there's gonna be a hell. Draw a picture of a cross. Explain how Jesus is the bridge. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says this, John chapter five, verse 24. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. You could draw an arrow explaining how now, because of Jesus, you can cross over that bridge because the work of his death and resurrection on the cross for your sins. You can then ask the question, would you like to receive God's free gift of eternal life by placing your trust in Jesus Christ right now?
0: Fantastic. So I'd encourage you. We're going to put the link to this video, series, uh, that video clip. We'll put that on the Ace. So it'll be there if you want to unpack it a little bit. I'll put another clip there, another uh, uh, link to the Navigator's Bridge to Life diagram, kind okay, of again, just to help you. If this is something you'd like to learn more about, this is what it might look like on the Nav's uh, Navigator's um, uh, link. And and you think about these uh, verses. Some of these verses are just fantastic when you read them in context. Like Romans, uh, that Romans 6:23. If you pick it up in 6:21, it gets even richer. Let me just read it to you this morning. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then re- re- deriving from the things which now you're ashamed of? For the outcome of those things is death. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit, obtaining, resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Another one was uh, over in Titus, Titus 3. If you pick it up in verse 3, down to verse 7, it says, uh, For we were once foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating each other. But when the kindness of God appeared, when the kindness of our God and Savior and his love for mankind appeared he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we've done in righteousness but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out upon us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior that being justified by his grace we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life so it's all right there the promise of God lived out the gospel going to work And you think, too, about Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, any man open that door, I will come into him, dine with him, and he with me. We'll have fellowship together. That's what we offer to the world, saints. A fellowship, a relationship with Jesus Christ is what we offer to a needy and lost world. Might we do that, huh? Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to help us in these things. We ask you to teach us. We are yielded. We ask you to teach us how to be your witnesses. Teach us how to be your disciples. How to obey you in this issue of the gospel. That we would go, that we would gospel, that we would grow and we would gather. We ask it in your name. Amen. Hey, I've got a little little fun thing here for you at the end. There's a song on the radio that's been playing in my mind for a while. So I wanted to share that with you. Hey, stand up and we'll sing it together. How about that? It's pretty easy.
2: Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Because shame's done all it's stealing. For some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where the way ra- worth the You.